Hello, good morning, or good evening, or good night. I guess we aren't really being broadcast. I guess it's just kind of whenever you're listening to it. Uh, good day to you, gentle listener. Welcome to SJW Social Justice Weirdos. My name is Charlie McCorn. I use they, them, their pronouns. And my name is Lynette. What is my name? Lynette what is it? Is it Lynette? I like Lynette. <laughs> like, I like Lynette a lot. And like a shortened form is Lenny. I like that quite a bit. Yeah. I'm trying some things. Uh, you know what? I, Life is a journey. Who am I to judge? You do you. Be happy. <laughs> My name is Lenny Peppers. She, her, hers. Uh, I think I'll stick with that one for now. I awesome. don't want to go through the changing of all of my my important paperwork. So You know, it's, it's something that's ahead of me right now that I know that I have to do. Like I was putting <laughs> together my PhD applications and I'm like, how do I explain that? Like, all right, there's one name that's on all of my transcripts and everything. But then also on everything, literally everything else, it's this other name. I need to explain to you that we are we are the same people somehow. It's yeah. it's a mess. I, sh- I should get it cleaned up at some point. But like women have to go through that like every time they get married. Like they mm-hmm. have to go through and change all of their paperwork just because they have to take their husband's name or whatever. Which is why well, I didn't take my husband's name this last time around because I was really just not wanting to. No, it was because of feminism. It yeah. was definitely was not because I didn't <laughs> want to change all my paperwork. <laughs> See, here, here's the thing. When, when, I was, when I was presenting as male, I was very much like, oh, no, it's fine. No one needs to take a last name in a marriage. But now that I'm like a lady, I'm like, no, he's taking my last name. Like, that is absolutely <laughs> what I'm doing. I am doing that. I tried that. I actually tried to get James to take my last name, and he wouldn't do it. He liked Mason, and so I was well, like, you know, I'm with you because there's already like your husband's great. Much love to him. He does a great job editing the show. But James Mason is a famouser name than him. Like there's another James <laughs> Mason, like James, James Peppers, Jim. Pe- hey, oh, wait, actually, ca- that's the other problem is my dad and my grandpa's names are Jim Peppers. So, oh, whoa, that stuff. Well, either of you could just do what I did is just make up a name and just go for it. (laughs) Like, hi, I'm Charlie McCorn, a human name that you've all heard many times in other contexts. I mean, obviously, that's exactly what I did. Do you really think Lenny Peppers is my real name? Oh, my goodness. For the listener, Lenny just pulled off the mask (laughs) that I thought was her face revealing (laughs) underneath my old arch enemy, Lynette Peppers. (laughs) Lynette Poppers. Oh, you know what? I knew I took some Lynette Poppers one time. Let's cut that out. That might be a little too. Will KBGA like that? I don't know. Listen, you want you want intersectional talk radio. Get ready for me to talk about poppers. That's all I'm saying. But no, we're not here to talk about gay club drugs. We're here to talk about uh, what? What, Lenny? What are we talking about today? Uh, well, we are going to talk about Susan LaFleche, uh, who was a Native American doctor and reformer from the late 19th century. Um, this actual time period of like women and specifically Native American women and reformers, like the mid to late 1700s is like one of my favorite times in history because there was like this huge surge of like Native American scholars and activists from this time frame that were women. And so Susan LaFleche Picot was definitely one of these women. And so I'm going to tell you all about her. I am I am terribly excited. I know just a little bit from what you told me before we recorded, 
and I know that her name has absolutely come up in a college class that I have taken uh, here or there, but I'm excited to get down to the nitty-gritty details. Totally. She is someone who comes up now and then, like, not a lot. Like, I didn't even know about her until, like, the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, like, women and STEM, she's definitely, like, a big uh, topic of conversation. Um, and she, not not to be confused with uh, Suzette LaFleche Tibbet who is also a scholar from this time frame. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's like it's like Phoebe Bridgers and then Phoebe Waller Bridges. So it's it's like that. It's always been happening. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or like the house on Haunted Hill and the, the haunting, haunting of Hill. Hills. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm very happy those were the references that we went for. Like how do we how do we simplify this idea? Hmm. Here's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Susan LaFleche. So she's widely acknowledged as one of the first Native Americans to earn a medical degree, but also one of the first Native Americans to receive a doctorate degree, like much, much higher education. And definitely also one of um, America's leading women in like getting higher education in America. Wow. What what year is this? The 1880s. 1880s? Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. That's, I mean... I'm kind of like surprised that it's so late, but on the other hand, I'm not really surprised that that it, it is so late. I guess. I mean, I I, I understand too that probably like the way that universities uh, have worked have changed considerably, but still. She actually talks a little bit about like universities, uh, like how hard it is to be like a woman and a doctor, a physician, in, in like this time frame. Mm-hmm. But she worked to discourage drinking on the reservation, which isn't like one of my favorite parts of the story because <laughs> to this day now we have dry reservations where you could literally get thrown in jail just for uh, having like a six pack of beer in the back of your car or for being on the reservation, having a beer with your steak or whatever. Oh my um, goodness. You can get thrown in jail for possession. And so like, it seems like the crime rates are higher, but they're really just stupid things like this. Like oh, that's that. ridiculous. <laughs> So uh, she was an active social reformer, uh, was part of the temperance movement of the 19th. Mm. That was my next question. Like that little bit that I knew about about that and the laws that did my my brain like pinged on my study of like prohibition. Like, oh, that that makes sense, because what I I think is great um, is that the temperance movement was like, well, I think that we need to really overhaul some of the big sort of problems that we have in our country. If everyone were just stop drinking, they'll all go to the theater and they'll all become classier and they'll all they'll all figure it out without yeah. understanding some of the actual like economic realities of the world. And so then prohibition, which led to, you know, the 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 time when people were more drunk than they had been previously. Yeah. Think about like the national like repercussions of prohibition and to think that that is still like in parts of America today on dry reservations. Like that's how to put that into context for some people who don't quite understand what's going on. That is wild. That is absolutely wild. So uh, she she loved to quote scripture and Shakespeare, like just kind of backing up what you said. And Ooh. she spent her time, free time, like painting and playing the piano and stuff like that. She sounds amazing. She sounds great. Um, I bet she was pretty, I bet she had a tight five at stand up too. <laughs> she was also on her medical school's improv team. 
it was, you know what, it wasn't funny, but what improv team is. So, you know, but still, it's good that she's getting out and meeting people. I absolutely agree with that. Improv is like something that I hadn't even considered when I got into comedy that would be a thing that I would end up doing more often than not. And then I was like, there's so much improv suddenly. It's... It's not for me. I'll just say I have I have trained improv. I have performed improv. Um, I was on an improv team called Todd Langton and the Family Band. Shout yeah, out to my, my former that. band members. Because here's the thing. I mean, I know we're supposed to be talking about this very important woman in history, but it's important for our listeners to know no one has ever had a good team name for an improv group. They don't exist. They all sound terrible and embarrassing. And it's just <laughs> what level of embarrassment you end up with. Yeah. Like Todd Langton and the family band. No one named Todd Langton, and there was no music. It was just improv. It was a very frustrating. I wanted to rename us Tomorrow Asbestos Removal, because I thought it looked funny yeah. on Marquis, <laughs> but they said they said no. Anyways. That is fabulous. Uh I actually opened for them a couple times. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so she knew that she had to graduate, that she would become the country's, like, as she was, like, working through this. It's not like uh, some people who do a first and then, like, they don't even ever realize their first. And then, like, later in history, like, after they're long gone, people are like, oh, yeah, they were the first this. Like, she was well aware that if she graduated, she would become the country's first Native American doctor. Wow. That that feels like it would be, like, a lot of stress on her shoulders. Yeah, and she was also, like, trying to break into, like, the scientific community that was, like, skewed by sexist Victorian ideals of this time. And she basically quoted, we who are educated have to be pioneers of Indian civilization. The white people have reached a high standard of civilization, but how many years has it taken them? We are only beginning, so do not try to push us down, but help us to climb higher. Give us a chance. I kind of like that. It's like it took us way shorter time to get quote unquote civilized than it took white people to. And uh, and to this day, we still live by those of us who are educated have to be pioneers, uh, which is why I and my mother right now are working on our doctorate degrees. So I mean, it's like these whole um, ideologies that were started with like these big women of this time are still like very very fresh and the spirit is still very very strong uh in all of you know indian country to this day she did become a doctor she graduated as valedictorian of her class oh hey great job girl great job i know right is she all that and improv i'm just i'm so blown away (laughs) She could suture wounds, deliver babies, treat tuberculosis, uh, but <laughs> she could she could yes and with the best of them. Uh, yeah, but she could not vote. Oh, okay, that's a problem. And she could not call herself a citizen because she's Native American. Wow. Came from this country, Native American, a doctor, valedictorian, oh. um, but could not. Wasn't even a citizen of the country. Oh, wow. And Okay, while I do I do agree with people who are on improv teams being kicked out of a country and not being given citizenship, I think that's irresponsible. I mean, she is obviously doing great stuff, and it really sucks to see just the levels of exclusions 
that you're not just you know, people of color, but women of color had to go through despite doing incredible things that people you know, looked down their nose at because they thought it wasn't possible because of the bullshit ideologies of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of ideologies of the day, like at this time, like doctors were pretty much like women really shouldn't try and be educated. Women really shouldn't like stress themselves because it might make them infertile and, you know, just bullshit like this. And wow. I have six kids and I'm educated. And so I proof that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you almost have as many degrees as you do children. Lenny. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I was like this degree is for this child. <laughs> is is one of your degrees your secret favorite? I know you don't have to say it, but if one, is one of your degrees the one where I'm like, that's the moneymaker. That's the one that's going to take care of me in my old age. That's the yeah. one that I'm most proud of. Yeah. Uh, 100% yes. <laughs> I know I know that moms aren't supposed to say that, or academics, but it's true. There sure. is one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for Suzette, the thing that made her like want to become a doctor was that when she was eight, there was like this dying woman and they were waiting for the agency doctor to arrive. And they sent the messenger four times and all four times the doctor said, like, I'll be right there. And not long before sunrise, the woman actually ended up dying and the doctor never, ever came. That motherfucker. Yeah, so they waited and waited. Doctor never came, and she it like haunted her for like the whole rest of her life. Um, wow. So she, so she went to medical school and became a doctor. Where did she grow up? Like, what what part of of the continent is she from? So she is from the Omaha Reservation in eastern Nebraska, mm-hmm. and uh, she lived like around America, but for the most part, she spent most of her life right there in Omaha or like or in Nebraska, I should say. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense also with her, her uh, support of the temperance union. I know that sort of that area, the Nebraska, the Kansas, you know, of, of the country was kind of the uh, teetotaling breadbasket of some of those movements. I did not know that. That's crazy. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Carrie nation. Uh, she was right there from, Kansas, right nearby. The incredibly famous abolitionist who would, um, maybe we'll talk about her in a future episode. I don't know. But uh, her big thing was she was this like frail, tiny little old lady who would walk into a bar with a hatchet and just start wrecking shit and just, just like smash open kegs and like throw glasses on the ground. And she's like, I believe in temperance this much. I'm going to axe attack this bar, which she did throughout Kansas. <laughs> Okay, well, we have to talk about this person now. I think I think she's on a... Yeah, stay tuned for an episode on her at some point. Yeah. Okay. More about Suzette. She yes. studied chemistry, anatomy, physiology, histology, pharmaceutical science, obstetrics, and general medicine. Uh, as she... The rest, started... hang on, the rest of those aren't just under general medicine? Like, I feel like that should all be in, like, one one core course. Like, this one course covers all of this. Like, intro to doctor. Yeah, yeah. Intro, intro to, to doctoring. doctoring. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, ironically, is still a 500-level course, which fucking sucks. There's so much reading. Yeah. Um, clearly, my doctorate is not medical, so... 
I am getting an art school doctorate. So, I mean... <laughs> I'm looking to get a doctorate in women's studies because I want to be a theoretical gynecologist. That's kind oh of Oh, my the, God. That's that kind is... of the title I want to give myself. Awesome. You got to put that, like, on your business card. I definitely am. It uh, Okay, okay, I'm changing my business card just from saying gynecologist to the theoretical gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could get malpractice for the other thing, but yeah, it's hang on. It's in my it's in my wallet next to my uh, female body inspector identification <laughs> card. <laughs> I'm the thin blue line between uninspected <laughs> bodies. That's kidding. I have none of these things. That's a joke. I fully, I actually believed you because you never know, Charlie. It's true. I'm I'm a conundrum. <laughs> Uh, she did begin to dress like her white classmates and um, kind of wear popular styles of that time, which I don't know why that needs to be said, but in everything that I read, it needed to be said. And I just feel like the reason it needs to be said is because people want to hear that she was like what America would call a real Indian, where she went to class every day dressed in like a full buckskin dress and two braids and a feather. Sure, she rode a horse to campus every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in like everything I read, it was like, and she dressed like a white person. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, most natives did at that time. So, yeah, it's not a huge surprise. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you know, cultural assimilation is, is a big issue. It does actually, and I know obviously that fashion itself is a wholly like loaded industry with, with a lot of its own problems. Yeah. But it does kind of warm my heart to know that she was like valedictorian, like kicking ass, taking names and was fashionable. Like I kind of. Yeah. I, it, it, it does something for me. It does something for my heart. I understand that it's more complex than that. And my, my 21st. Uh, white perspective of this may not fully entail the larger complexities of the world. But uh, yeah, fucking work it, Queen. That's what I say. I'm I'm with you on that. Fashion is one of the things that I kind of fell into when I started studying indigenous mm -hmm. art and media's resistance was like how natives have always been fashionable. And not only that, but setting the standards in fashion for a very, very long time. Uh, and But like completely written out of the entire history of fashion as with everything else including stem like this but <laughs> sure we'll talk like, about that another time. i feel like it, i mean you're right it is absolute bullshit that there is this well-educated uh ass-kicking social justice uh moving fashionable lady just swinging around the past and no one knows about her despite being so cool yeah uh she made a government salary of 500 dollars per year Wow, I wish I wish I made that kind of money. I, I don't even make that right now. What is that? I went I should have like did the math and saw what that was like at like now, what that would look like in our dollars. So according uh, to my inflation calculator, she would be making just over fourteen thousand dollars a year. Fourteen thousand dollars a year. Okay, so that's like well, I mean, what most Americans make today. Just kidding. <laughs> Boy, just about. Just about. <laughs> Can you believe they haven't increased the minimum wage since 1890? It's fucking horseshit. I can't believe it. <laughs> right, though. I mean, for real. She's a doctor, though. <laughs> <laughs> so she actually had a fling. She had a romance. It was like a 
scandal because she became engaged to Henry Bacat, but he was already married. And oh. then he divorced his wife. And then her friends and family were like, what? You're marrying that guy? And then she did. And it was just a thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the whole family was completely surprised by what, it. What did he do? Uh, I assume he did what most men who were overshadowed by their wives in the 1800 did. Take credit for everything? Exactly. So they talk about, like, most of the stuff, including, like, a PBS documentary, like, kind of talk about her being from, like, this vanishing race. And I feel like her entire, um, like, existence of becoming a doctor and, and doing all of these things to help her people is, like, kind of like an inspiring story of we're obviously still here and she was going to make sure that we're still here by working on the reservation as a doctor and making sure that her people continue to exist and be healthy. And, and so it's, it's really an inspiring story for me, but she has a quote where she like addresses how people, because being like erased from history was America's like, intent for Native Americans. They started writing books about how we were vanishing. They made it seem like in all of like presidential speeches and in American folklore that Native Americans no longer exist. And to this day, there's still so many people in the United States who don't think that Native Americans exist anymore. Wow. Um, and so they were saying this at the time that she was um, working on her degrees and working as a doctor. And she got irritated by it. And she quote, she's quoted in saying, why did they say we were a vanishing race? Why did they say we were the forgotten people? I don't know. They talk about like growing up, how her father used to say, if you see somebody doing something, you know, you can do it. And so basically she. Um, oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, she, she was inspired uh, and she inspired other people. They were like, I saw Susan doing stuff and it encouraged me to do it. And that's why like, I do all of the things that I do. I, I write comic books and I, I do comedy and I do you know art and I go to school and try and get doctorate degrees, whatever. <laughs> but it's because um, I didn't know that I could do those things until I was an adult. And I hope that people younger people who see me doing these kinds of things specifically my children can know that they can pretty much do whatever they want to do too and that's something to, that to this day isn't told enough to native american children and so um that's why i wanted to talk about suzette today that's an I, mean, I think susan <laughs> yeah i i think that is an excellent message and an excellent excellent lesson is that i think being being the adult that you needed to see as a kid, I think, is a very important goal, and especially with our uh, continually marginalized communities in this country. It's important that we we make the change now, so it's easier for whoever comes next. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, Lenny, fantastic episode. Thank you so much for teaching us uh, about her. I think there's a great lesson there. Yeah, it was it was super fun to do a normal episode for for me. <laughs> yes. But I don't think it's going to last. I think I'm going back to another uh, crazy, weird perspective for my next one. Ooh, nice. I've got a couple things lined up. I don't have anything solid yet. 
But who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about uh, civil rights icon Bayard Rustin. Maybe we'll be talking about the occult secrets of the Reagan White House. It could be a third thing. We'll see what happens. Okay. Well, I'm excited to find out. I am excited to find out, too, because I'll probably remember right before we start recording. Like, oh, shit, that's me. I got to say something. (laughs) All right. Well, in that case, uh, I'm Charlie McCorn. And I am Lenny Peppers. This has been Social Justice Weirdos. Remember, you can't change the world. Just throw a brick. <laughs>